I'm Radhika Gosavi, your host for this podcast. Welcome to our first episode. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Mahesh Gare, a national award-winning Indian classical vocalist who cares deeply about making a positive difference in the world. Stay tuned as we explore the connections between music, education, and technology from a cognitive lens. First, here is Professor Sridhar Ayer with a short description of the podcast. Welcome to this uh, series of podcasts. So, uh, first of all, the background behind me is uh, IIT Bombay for those of you who have been unable to visit. So, there is a hill on <laughs> campus and uh, this is the view from the camp, uh, from that hill. And uh, I am uh, Sridhar Ayer, a professor in the Department of Education Technology. I currently also head that department. So, it's a 10-year-old department and uh, we currently have a PhD and an M.Tech program. And we work in various areas like uh, uh, technology-enhanced learning of uh, thinking skills, you know, teacher use of education technology, education data analytics, and also you know play with uh, cool uh, things like AR, VR, and you know uh, mixed reality uh, uh, equipment for uh, the purpose of education. So for this podcast, uh, uh, the interdisciplinary program is launching this uh, talk, Brainy to Me, which is a new video interview podcast. This is actually the brainchild of uh, Dr. Radhika Gosavi, who is a visiting faculty member in our department for this semester. So uh, the basic idea of this podcast is that there are 7.9 billion people in this world and each has a different perspective. So as a student, a teacher, a leader or an individual, it's important to see things in a different light. So this allows us to learn more about the world and also deeply connects us with each other. So the idea behind the podcast is to feature prominent musicians, social workers, actors, and athletes, amongst others, who are working in different fields at the forefront of their field and ask the one question that is in common, which is like, you know, what is connecting that, the science, the education, and the technology. So we hope that, you know, through uh, Talk Brainy to Me, you'll hear thought-provoking conversations in which experts discuss their experiences and perspectives on topics important for the advancement in education and technology from a lens of how our brain learns. So that is the unique perspective of this podcast. Okay, and we are also hoping that this podcast serves as a source of motivation and inspires people to form these interdisciplinary collaborations which actually fuel the changes in the world. So having said that about the podcast, let me uh, say a couple of lines about uh, Dr. Radhika Gosavi. So she is an educational neuroscientist and a visiting faculty member at IIT Bombay. So even though uh, she was online, she, she could not uh, come physically to join us. She actually taught a course, a full-fledged course this semester called Educational Neuroscience to our education technology students. Through her research, Radhika is in, interested in understanding the cognitive and neural processes that underlie learning and development. As a scientist and educator, she is interested in exploring topics, questions, ideas, and stories that are impacting both education and technology. She aims to bring researchers, educators, artists, and technology professionals together to build creative educational models. So Radhika is also passionate about supporting equitable learning and empowering students and teachers for a brighter future. She's originally from Mumbai, but grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area where she now resides. Okay, so more information, you can visit uh, radhikagosavi.com. 
so with that introduction i'll hand over to radhika and uh, invite you to say more about the podcast and take it from here over to you radhika thank you so much um i am very excited that you know i have the opportunity to do this and have and have you know all the support from the department as well as the university and have exciting guests um like mr mahesh kai who's here um on our first episode so i want to kind of give you a little bit of a background about what we're going to talk tell you a little bit about mahesh and then um get started so this is really i think a great meaningful way to kick off this podcast um episode all the podcast episodes because you know if we think about it music is something that's a companion for all of us right in india and around the world um furthermore music has shown to really impact how our brain learns in so many different ways the scientific data shows that music is helpful for learning math concepts learning language remembering information paying attention to a whole variety of things we also know that there's many areas and pathways in the brain that are activated when we engage with music everything from the front of our brain to the back of our brain the emotional areas the memory processing areas the visual areas you know amongst many other processes um scientists also know that there's a lot of different kind of chemicals released in our body when we listen to music including oxytocin which is really the love hormone um so this all together leads us to believe that music is not only important to get pleasure um but also really critical for our health and for our education lately um the use of technology in music and education has grown exponentially and more so in the recent times and continues to develop rapidly So for this first episode of Talk Brainy to Me I'm very very excited um to get a unique perspective on the integration of music technology in education with Mr uh, Mahesh Kai who's here uh Mahesh is an expert Hindustani classical vocalist um and has received numerous accolades which we don't really have time to cover today um but he the more importantly is that he's working at the forefront of the domain Uh he's an engineer, an avid technology user and a passionate teacher himself. So Mahesh is really the ideal candidate um for today's episode and for today's conversation. So um just to give an overview, I've kind of broken up our conversation into three sections. We're going to be talking first about um your personal and musical experience, Mahesh. Then we're going to kind of go into your thoughts about, you know, how music is influencing education and technology and then in the last portion we're going to go over some broader broader applications um and what the future of music really looks like moving forward um before we proceed i just want to make a quick note that we are taking live questions here today um so as our conversation proceeds if you have any questions please put them in the chat on zoom at the end we will have a good chunk of time for questions and answers from the audience that we'll be taking so please don't hesitate to put in your questions um so with that you know i want to really get started with the first question um it can seem a little basic but i want to ask you how do you define music and what is the impact it's had on your life uh first off thank you so much for inviting me here 
uh, it's a little intimidating to be in a talk that says talk brainy to me all i am is a musician i have been an engineer in what seems like my past life now uh, so this is going to be brushing up a lot of those concepts now as far as uh, as your uh, question goes what is music <clears throat> uh, i think uh, it's very hard to pinpoint on what music is you can define it in various different uh, modes but to me music is fundamentally a natural expression of your emotions that goes beyond the spoken word i feel uh, you know there is a amazing there is an amazing common denomination in all of us across the world in in that we all smile and laugh when we feel joy or happiness we all cry when we feel sorrow uh, so the baseline of emotions is the same given that it is the same i feel the music is a music is an extension of expressing ourselves and uh, while it is uh, culturally a little unique the fundamental idea is to be able to express yourself without having the bounds of spoken word so that is what i think music is to be so that leads me to believe that it's had you know a great impact on your life in in various ways um as well you know in terms of expression and that sort of thing so kind of taking it from there it, you mentioned this as part of your response you know you were an engineer previously i kind of want to, want to touch upon that which is really interesting aspect i don't know how many people know but you have multiple graduate degrees uh in engineering is that is that correct yeah yeah so with that in mind you know being a highly trained engineer and a vocalist are there any parallels you can draw from studying engineering and studying music in various ways uh i guess so um you know every really good engineer at the end of his quest becomes an artist in his own right i would call mr elon musk an artist at what he does because thinking of creating the first ever uh, electrical vehicle uh from the concept to execution to making it to one of the most sought after vehicles especially in the western world in uh, in the bay area and i think it's a hallmark of being an artist uh and every musician or an artist is is in a way a good engineer because Uh, especially a performing musician because what you are doing is you are assimilating all the information that you gather in your riaz room that we can call the classroom and from that theory to taking that music as a fundamental uh, science to taking it to the performance arena where you kind of get into this tweaking and feedback mechanism and tweaking a stereotype product that that can then be taken across the globe in the form of a performance so i do see a remarkable similarity between an engineer and a musician that's really interesting you know kind of this aspect of creativity that's that's involved in in both things so kind of yeah that um i obviously when i was doing background research for a conversation listened to a large number of your performances which all of which i thoroughly enjoyed um and in your life performances as well and they're a lot of fun and just 
you can feel the magic, which I think is amazing. And so one of the things that I noticed, just as a small example, is that every time we say um, the song, Abira Gulala, which is um, a, a popular devotional song, you know, I've, Notice that every single time you sang it, it sounded different. Now, I don't know all the intricacies yeah. and nuances, but to my ears, it sounded very different. And perhaps this aspect of improvisation and elaboration that exists um, in Hindustani classical music gives you the ability to do this. So just um, as a kind of a broad question, I was wondering, can you walk us through your creative singing process? What's happening? <laughs> well, it's going to be a little hard because it's kind of trying to help you walk with my impulse because that's what drives my music. Two things, uh, while, I mean, all of us are on earth, are isolated by the atmosphere, but also have a connection with the bigger universe. Now, given that we, we all are similar, we are living the same life, but if you really think about it, we do not breathe in the same air every day because it's going to be recirculated from different places. In the same way, even if on the face of it, I'm singing the same song, it's like taking a hike. Um, let's say we're going to San Antonio Rancho, which is not too far from where you live. Uh, if I'm on that hike, even if I take the same trail, the clouds are going to be different the temperature is going to be different. The sunlight is going to be different. And according to the season, the the trees are going to be different. They are sometimes in their uh, springtime, sometimes they are in their fall colors and all of that. And if I were to, as a, a, a human that is trying to respond to all the stimuli around me, I'm going to be in a very different space in all of these different uh, uh, scenarios. That is exactly what happens to me when I'm singing. It's like picking a trail uh, saying, this is where I'm going to go today. But once I pick that trail, I'm not hell bent on staying the course. If I see something like if I were walking on the path of Abira Gulala, and if there is a one particular line, where I see a beautiful flower, then I want to stop and smell the flower. Or if there's a big tree somewhere in the second stanza, I want to go and hug that tree. And it might be a different flower or a different tree that attracts my attention. That is typically what you do. To get to that place, I believe first you want to make sure that you hone your skill to be able to. So I want to make sure that I have the stamina to walk, make sure that I have the right kind of shoes and all of that. I'm drawing analogies because they sometimes help understand the domain a little better. So in the classroom, in the Riyaz room that I would do, I would go after all the uh, exercises that are going to enable me to be in the best shape so that I can get on any hike and be able to achieve what I need to achieve physically. So once you have that skill set, it's quite ironical or oxymoronic, if that's a word. You know, first you learn the art, you learn the grammar, you learn the skill, and then you try to escape it without losing it so that you are all there completely vulnerable to the situation that you are put in. The only familiarity is the thread of the song, which kind of becomes invisible in that abstract space. And then you start exploring the space as a response 
to what you feel so even if i am kind of creating music i am also responding to this stimuli that i have in my mind so it's a beautiful and that's why i said in the beginning it's a little tricky to really walk you through because every single time i sing the song even if it is the same song it feels like i'm walking for the first time yeah so it just it sounds like it's kind of this exploratory journey of sorts is that is that is you know kind of true yeah it's just like life i mean even yes. if it is uh, yeah art mimics life it is always the the moment the exploration stops the life stops so does music so it is always an exploration yeah. yeah and so you know if you had to kind of tell us like what's the experience like when you're going through this you know exploratory path like is there some kind of emotion that you feel or not really um, or yeah could talk about that a little bit yeah uh, you 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 always do feel emotions there as you mentioned in your uh, opening statement uh, music accesses those places uh, of your memory that sometimes get unlocked on their own and it is wonderful to be in that it's like discovering something when you don't expect it i remember i was in uh, a concert and i sang something again guided by whatever my uh, response to the stimulus inside and i felt i was experiencing an episode from my past and i i was surprised by that particular emotion so sometimes it's that sometimes it's the emotion you feel is of stillness on the outset you are doing what you are doing i like to engage my audience and as you mentioned i i, I like to sing with me because it helps spread happiness because of the release of the what was that again oxytocin the love hormone oxytocin because of the release of yeah the love hormone it's easier to say that. so i li- i like to spread love through my music but while i am doing that there are also moments where the 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 core of me kind of steps back a little bit i can see myself doing all of that but i also feel a very unique calm or unique peace in my mind a stillness uh so sometimes that emotion where you are devoid of an emotion or sometimes feel feeling an overwhelming emotion even when you are doing the same song um 100th time it's kind of a gamut of uh it's kind of a uh, it's like a as i said it's like experiencing a life a new life every single time you know that life starts from the time you 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 get up the day of thinking i have a concert and then you taking blessings of your parents and stepping out from there you go to the uh, the green room with the company companies some thoughts start germinating when you go on stage those thoughts kind of either are put to action or they are completely abandoned for what you feel at that time so it's it's almost like i'm living this life yeah. that music is also a part of that life sometimes in the form of a tune on the stage but many times in the form of a dormant 
thought that is being formed as my life uh, is taking uh, me through different experiences. So that is how I could best explain it. Wow, that's that's absolutely amazing. You know, I want to just kind of touch upon something that you think you said that was really interesting, which is also interesting in in terms of education and also in terms of a little bit of what we know. There's this idea that, you know, a lot of musicians talk about and, and I saw you touching on it just a little bit about how, you know, oftentimes they'll visualize music or conceptualize music when they're singing or they're playing. So I'm wondering, you know, do you build some sort of mental model or mental workflow in your mind when you sing? And, and does this affect your ability as a performer and your experience as a performer? Well, what affects your ability as a performer? I will divide it into two uh, modes. One, the skill mode. That is where the, the process or having a model helps. But if you want to harness and discover beauty, you have to let go of that process when you feel inspired to. So I try to do both. I have a schematic to make sure that there is some form or some kind of uh, method to my madness. But when I'm on stage, I always go for madness more than method. The more method becomes like a, um, it, it, it's like the, once the curtain goes off, that's kind of, I want to get into a space. So my, the, the presentation or the songs that I am doing, they, I mean, because they are composed songs, they're pre-composed songs, they automatically come with them, their own structures. But whenever within I structure, I feel tempted to go beyond the basic space that the structure affords. I like to do that because it is the joy of discovery that I experience. And if I cannot experience a joy, um, then I cannot give joy to the audience. And I believe uh, because of the love hormone, people are in a very compassionate space and they do appreciate the honesty of uh, the effort of trying to discover something. And I love to share that with my audience. So, you know, what you talked about in terms of your experience, obviously, is is really incredible. It sounds like this really complex, very dynamic way of experiencing music almost as a holistic, kind of all-encompassing, you know, experience. And now I kind of want to start talking about other people who are involved in this process, you know? the musicians and, and other folks. So from the neuroscience world and studies, we know that musicians' brainwaves start synchronizing or oscillating in synchrony when they are playing instruments together or they're singing together. Now there's this very, very interesting concept of jugalbandi that exists. Um, and so, you know, what I'm really wondering is, do you think a musician's experience with this give and take interaction, whether it's with another musician or with another singer, um, can be helpful for developing collaboration or facilitating communication of sorts. These are things that are very, very important in a classroom as well. Uh, well, I think it really depends on the intent of the people who are making music together. Mm. Uh, I've seen uh, some one-upmanship happening which kind of looks like a battle. But if you have the right mix on the stage, I have had for some fabulous Jugal Bandis with friends of mine. 
where the intent is to just share the joy of music the way you see it it's again uh, if we were to uh, follow up on the same example that i gave if you are going on a trail with your friend then you mm. show them you look there there's a beautiful view there and then that that friends can you look at there the, you know the sun the way it's moving with the clouds that is also beautiful so if the motive is to share the joy of discovery from your eyes with everyone else that is in your group then you have so much to look at it's like you have four pair of eyes if you are i'm in a jugal bandhi with another gentleman four pair of eyes instead of just uh, i mean two pair of eyes instead of just one and that always makes it beautiful addressing your earlier um, uh, comment though i mean it does look very sophisticated and evolved and a lot very complex but when you are doing certain things i mean if you just uh, try to analy- analyze the sight or smell or listening to stuff all of these are going to be quite evolved if you try to analyze them yeah. but as a human being as a musician I, all i'm doing is i'm just singing i'm just mm. singing so it's very easy for me to do as long as the focus of all the people going back to the jugal bandi question as long as the idea of being there and in a genuine way to be happy or try to create a space that is of compassion and happiness i think it just grows with the number of people together yeah definitely and you know it what we talk about you know when we think about education is that collaboration or collaborative learning in the classroom really can be meaningful and create deep learning experiences and and in a sense it sounds like that's similar where if the group of musicians is together it can possibly lead to a deeper experience is that true absolutely i uh, i mean inspiration has to have a stimulus it is not mm-hmm. always going to come from within even if it has to come from within it has to respond to an article that you are reading or a piece of music that you are thinking which is kind of external before it enters your head so i think it is utmost important to have a collaborative uh, perspective to things uh, thinking of a classroom you don't have to make all the mistakes to learn from them if you are in a room uh, again you might not have the same questions that someone else would think oh it's been oh that's a fascinating question how did they think about it and that kind of propels you in a direction that you might not intuitively get into so uh, i do believe uh, collaboration is a big part you know even as this is a solo art or a monophilic art by and large the indian classical music that i represent you'll see that i'm doing my thing and the tabla uh, mm. player is supporting what i'm doing and the harmonium playing is kind of shadowing what i'm doing but even in that space the tabla is responding in a rhythm language to the melody language that i am doing and when that happens it creates an input to me which is coming from a different perspective even if it is fusing with the stream that i am doing and then the harmonium player sometimes does a phrase work that kind of makes me think in a direction that i may not otherwise go on my own so even in its monophilic sense uh you do see a lot of collab and this is only happening on the uh, stage side of things now if you are doing a concert and you see that the audience is responding to a certain uh, 
let's say a certain theme that you are improvising mm. then you feel inspired to go beyond and start exploring more into that theme to make sure that again the happiness or the love uh, hormone is you know kind of it it goes off so uh, it is i mean think about it we are all in collaboration even in in, in even in you know solitude we are in collaboration with what we think is us because say my hand my hair my head we yeah. don't know where me is so the quest is to collaborate with, with everything mm-hmm. of mine to find me so i think collaboration is at most important absolutely um and with that you know i want to kind of turn towards a question that i think is a, on a lot of students minds certainly and and maybe on other people's minds too so a lot of students and people generally i think tend to listen to music when they're studying or they're working do you think this has an effect on on what they're doing from your perspective it definitely has an effect but i don't know if it always have a conducive effect that <laughs> why <laughs> I, I if if i'm listening to instrumental music most times i'm mm. good but the moment i start listening to vocal music i kind of get engaged in that that as my primary mm. activity and make what is my <laughs> primary as my tertiary but right, right. but there has been cases so i get a bunch of messages saying uh, so i get tagged in these instagram stories where there's someone that is working on a powerpoint presentation and they have a Uh, a phone that is playing my song on it or there is uh, someone that says that i had a, a big meeting and i wanted to prep for it so i wanted to just cool myself mm. down so i played a piece of your music so it certainly affects in i mean uh, look the whole premise of music is to have engagement i mean it's yeah. an emotional appeal with an emotional response so in that it is going to have an effect so it does in most cases i would like to believe it has a a, a, a good effect uh, barring the cases that i said if you get too engrossed in your tertiary activity then it might be a little tricky yeah certainly i mean uh, this is obviously a kind of a, a quick question of interest to a lot of scientists it's widely applicable right in our classrooms in our own lives and things like that so it's really interesting to have kind of your perspective um and see what that you know says about the data that's out there as well so that's that's awesome so you know now i want to kind of ask a question out of personal interest because mm-hmm. i get i get a chance to talk to you our brains are known to be what we call plastic meaning mm-hmm. that um the connections in our brain are able to change as we learn different information um and we're really able to adapt to the environment that we are in in a given space having said that there are certain periods in our life which are called sensitive periods in which we're able to learn certain pieces of information better than other pieces of information now i i'm fascinated by people who are able to sing I unfortunately am not one of them. So really what I want to ask you is have I missed the boat on becoming a singer? Or or do you think there is a certain point in your life or in anyone's life um at which you know you can't really learn singing at the same level or you know something like that. Um 
so i'll try to take a second pass at the defining music that was the first question okay, okay. and that kind of answers your your current question also so music is the 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 melodious sound that a breath forms i'm talking about vocal music so as long as you have your breath going i don't think you have missed the boat <laughs> because <laughs> see um <laughs> Uh, and i truly believe it again it will depend on if you wanted to make a career out of it then it is a different uh, discussion mm-hmm. we will have to make sure what your aptitude is how much time you are willing to put and all of those things but fundamentally if you can i i might sound like a hopeless romantic but it is true that is what i believe as long as you can appreciate the beauty of a, a, a sun sunrise or a sunset or you can have uh, a good peaceful time when you listen to crashing waves or mm. even just you know biking somewhere i think you can sing uh, again what i'm trying to hint at is anyone that wants mm. to express music is such a beautiful form because all the expressions of even hate and anger and all those negative forms they are converted into a beautiful me- melody that is appreciate yeah. appreciable so you haven't missed the boat at all neither has any of, of the viewers that are uh, 80 years old 90 years old it is an activity as i said that is a mode of self expression as long as you want to express you have not missed it fabulous so i'll be calling you after this um for a lesson soon yeah, do it <laughs> yeah, do it okay <laughs> <All right>, great <laughs> so with that i kind of want to you know turn towards talking about technology just a little bit you have perspectives as a vocalist of course and also as an engineer and also as a teacher do you think that technology can really be used to enhance our musical experience or help students learn in a certain way of course it has always uh i mean look even the tanpura it is some kind of engineering and technology right i mean not in the sense of the word that we are it's a pumpkin gourd that is harnessed from somewhere then it's excavated then it's made to sit in sun and become solid and then you take a piece of wood then they form strings metal strings go into bridges and take them and then there is these little threads that try to find a tangential thing so that each so there's a lot of technology even there mm-hmm. now if we are talking about the technology as it uh, uh, you know appears see the life Uh, of a human being or uh, of all of us as a society it keeps on evolving okay mm. and every single place whatever we are offered is what we try to leverage it to further what we can do in a better way okay as a uh, when i was growing up we did not have cellular phones mm. we i mean thinking of it now it's really difficult because what if you had a flat tire what are you going to do i'm sure the kids to, today will be flabbergasted with oh my god what would have happened but we we did just fine but yeah. when the cell phones arrived it becomes very convenient now after that smartphones came now with cell phones you could 
call some person to fetch a person that could fix it now with smartphones you can look up the closest garage to make sure that you can even page them to send someone to fix things so technology is always going to assist if you know how to use it in mm. art also uh, see talking of mksm that uh, the mahesh kale school of music that have set up you know some things that would have been impossible to do a few years ago i can do now because when i teach in one window there is someone from england in the neighboring window there is someone from scotland in the neighboring window there is someone from germany and switzerland and new york now if you were to imagine a classroom where people are sitting in in chairs next to this guy is from england that guy is from new isn't that fascinating it fascinating amazing but amazing. now it is yeah. possible and at real time in geographies that you would have never imagined people are consuming and learning the same piece of material to me it is mind blowing even in the concert performances we have this app uh, that we use instead of drone because you can't carry your tanpuras everywhere right mm. especially yeah. in airlines where sometimes they hurt the instruments uh, when it is checked in so you cannot risk that so you have a bluetooth speaker that is paired to a cell phone which is playing an app that plays the tanpura so that is how technology works in my when i teach i engage with my students uh, in in different i use whatsapp supposed yeah. to send their homework on whatsapp i quickly send them a voice note so the 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 only thing is you want to make sure that the technology that you are using is used to serve mm. sometimes the 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 line is very thin you quickly end up indulging in it more more than again talking about tertiary and primary activities so if i went into the whatsapp group uh, trying to check homeworks but then again on another whatsapp group i was forwarded a youtube link then i clicked that youtube link and it is a song so i think it is legit to be able to do do that because i'm still do, still doing something with music but that suddenly goes into a funny cat video that i might click and then that cat video becomes some uh, other funny video and then i lose my space so as long as you have the self discipline of trying to stay away from indulging but trying to mm. use uh, leveraging of the technology it's a great great asset that i think everyone should use yeah absolutely and i think with like you noted the advancement of technology in all these different realms from apps to uh, tanpuras to being able to teach online you know also advent of technology in various types of audio equipment it's it's yeah i, I mean like now so what we call technology Yes, what we call technology now won't be called technology in a few years. I mean, even you. I mean, what? How old were you when you got your cell phone? It was a privilege in my time. Yeah, I'm sure it would yeah. be when you were in high school or something. Like yeah, that, high right? school. It was high school, right? So, so it was a privilege some time ago when I was growing up. I didn't even have a landline. People used to call my neighbor. is my age there and the neighbor voting song and you have a phone call so so now 
nobody asks do you have a phone they ask what is your phone number it's an assumption that everyone has mm. a phone in my time having a computer my brother i remember he was doing his engineering and he got his first ever computer that arrived to our place was when i was when he was in his second year of engineering now if you ask a 2 year old kid that 2 year old kid will know how to unlock the phone fire up <laughs> youtube and go to those whatever animation videos and watch them so yeah what we call technology is going to be a a a a common thing uh, uh, in not not too many years from now so technology is going to be a continuous asset of our life it depends on how we develop it and how we engage with it that is going to shape our future absolutely absolutely so I want to touch upon something you said in your answer and that was kind of this idea of technology being able to break borders, you know, literally in the sense that mm-hmm. you have people mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. a variety of countries. All right. So, you know, I want to kind of tie that to and talk about this idea of expanding and and making classical music just a little bit more accessible. So, I'll tell you a little bit what I mean. You know, oftentimes classical music is perceived to be almost like an exclusive club of sorts mm-hmm. right and it makes the general public a little bit apprehensive towards it so what do you think we can do to make classical music accessible to everyone but especially younger individuals um two steps yes it has been an exclusive club but that does not mean that that club cannot have affiliations in different geographies simple way right increase your uh, <laughs> base uh, but uh, i think you know if you look at it uh, so it was it's believed to be formed in temples then it went to the the courts in the, uh, that were you know court musicians used to serve the king now the king is going to invite these special people and only they get to listen to classical music up until a time now you can just buy a ticket to any concert and you can go but sense of exclusive exclusivity still kind of permeates through the times uh this is on the practical side of things on the musical side of things it is for an indian trying to appreciate a pasta as for someone that is used to indulge in so much of spice pasta like hey are they missing something here <laughs> that's how i felt the first time i'm serious but yeah. now over the years i'm like oh wow that's wonderful just that little bit of flavor is outstanding so you have to kind of graduate in the way you can uh this is from the perspective of the observer now how you would do one you want to make as many affiliations as possible but also you have to understand from an engineer's perspective you have to segment your market and you have to know your market who are you doing this for what is your product what is it supposed to do and who is going to consume your product simply put now now if my audience is going to be well first let me make a statement it doesn't matter how long of a heritage your art has it is always at a risk if it is not adopted by the next generation okay because yeah. eventually the current generation is going to perish the next generation is going to be responsible to take it ahead or not 
so then what i would like to do is i want to make sure that i position it in a way that it does not become intimidating in its exclusivity yeah so if i were to if i were on uh, if, if, if there's a kid who's at the at the bottom of a stairs uh, and at the end of that staircase there is a beautiful view as a musician i want to go down reach out to that to that kid pick them up and then show them the view that is at the end of this that i think is the job of me as a musician to make sure that that view which is in in classical music is available and accessible to the next generation so what you want to do and you can do it in various different uh, ways sometimes you camouflage it in the mm-hmm. uh, in form form of a popular music that they know or you do collaboration with jazz so it stands out for the jazz musicians they know jazz what is not jazz is classical music or sometimes you uh, have a movie song that is based on classical music or you make shorter presentations theme presentations like melange that i had done which kind of tells the story uh, behind the classical music and yeah. engaging interesting way so these are all different ways that i would uh engage the audience in. yeah absolutely and you know i'm i'm glad that people like you and and others are kind of taking on these initiatives that makes it more um you know appealing in in certain ways to a broader audience um speaking of which thinking about broader applications of music you know i want to ask you Do you think there's a way in which music and specifically vocal music can be best used as a form of therapy in various ways? This ways, you know, to maybe help enhance focus or help special needs students. Um what are your thoughts about this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. As I said, when I'm in concerts I just sing, but it has a very different effect and impact on people. I've gotten messages from people saying i was feeling suicidal and the last thing i wanted to do was listen to my favorite song which was yours and i decided to change my mind uh, from that to someone saying my grandfather had a, a, a multiple fla- skull fracture and the only thing that he kept on responding to was your music so obviously if you get bunch of these messages i don't think i have the capability to heal but if my music is serving that space then i don't want to deny the possibility that it has if you ask me personally see it would be very boring uh, for a musician to only be a performer for 4 8 hours at the most every week and then not be able to do anything so if i'm not able to engage with music in a way that goes way beyond just trying to perform then it would really be a a disappointing uh, thing to be a full time musician all other full time people work at least 40 hours a week and you won't have to do so when i engage with music if you ask me uh, about my personal i don't necessarily engage with music to serve a transaction it is always because it it grounds me it 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 gives me the hope and a feeling that everything is going to be okay just being in the com- company of of music that is what it does uh it does have a healing aspect because the 
entertainment aspect has a lot of as i said uh, monetary potential that is what is being harnessed most right now i really hope uh, that we are able to create a product uh, that goes towards healing has tremendous commercial potential also so that it actually comes to the fore but uh, the reason i'm saying this is i mean at the at the crux of it just like yoga and music is sometimes called as nada yoga it is a way of life it's mm. a few things you do for the sanity and for the well being of yours it has nothing to do with what you can make out mm. of it and how can you make it uh, make a transaction out of it so there is tremendous potential in in music beyond the basic uh, entertainment appeal that it has Absolutely, absolutely. Um so with that I want to ask you one last question before, you know, we transition to open it up to the audience. You know, being as um Shridhar mentioned in kind of the beginning, being at the forefront of your field, you know, a lot of people of course um perceive you to be very very successful and rightly so. But I want to know from you at this point in your life, what does success mean for you? and was it different at another point yes success is always like a it's like an it's it's like a horizon <laughs> you, you, when you go closer it goes farther to me uh, uh, something that so i'm both successful and not uh, to me if i'm able to feel happy around music i'm successful that's in in the simply simple thing now if you ask me what is how does success change now my uh, surroundings have changed over time everyone surrounding change so now if i am in a concert which is a uh, which is an engagement which is a professional engagement that i need to be mindful of the fact that i have been professionally engaged to make sure that people are happy but the the way i define success is if i can make people happy listening to what i feel happy singing that is success yeah so and uh, in that everyone is a struggling musician it doesn't matter how successful they are everyone is struggling and struggle is what makes it real and alive so i want all the struggles i want new challenges to uh, overcome with those the horizons uh, broaden and uh, uh, it it really i mean i'm glad uh, have been able to achieve what i have but there is just so much to do as in engineering you know who would have thought that we could even think of going to mars now it was just not possible with the speeds with the engines with the time it would take and all of that now it is a possibility and people are actually buying a one way ticket to mars so even in music uh I, I we have some latency problems but you know if that technology is solved which i'm very sure it will be i can be sitting in india and collaborating with someone that is sitting in san francisco real time which can be projected on a stage in a holographic way and i'm looking forward to those challenges i'm looking forward to doing things that have not been done and i would love to be an ambassador of indian classical music to be on that stage performing with whoever else Fabulous. Well, that's really, really great. Um, 
with the remaining time that we have, I want to move on to some questions that we have gotten from the audience. Um, you know, first is a question from uh, Professor Chandan Dasgupta, and he wants to know what are some of the basic rules or heuristics that you keep in mind while going on this musical experience? Uh, so the first thing that, thank you so much, uh, Professor Gupta for your question. The first thing I always remind myself is that I'm a, when I sit on stage, I'm actually a representative of a thousands of year old art. And in that, I want to make sure that I'm responsible enough in what I do. And I'm mindful yeah. of that every single time. The second thing is the core essence of the art, which is to spread happiness, spread love. Uh, and the third is trying to appeal to a wide section of people. The The challenge that we face in audiences is we, we cannot choose. Now, I'm giving a lecture at, uh, I'm doing an interview at IIT Bombay. So I kind of know everyone is going to have a high IQ. We have an engineering bent. And then I'm able to draw examples that can engage them in a certain way. But when I'm in a concert hall, there's kids from six years to people that are 80 years old from different walks of life, from different. So to be able to cover and make sure that there is enough for everyone in the audience is another thing that you have to keep in mind. And like I said, the bottom line is, if you ask me what I do, the shallow answer would be, I am a music professional. The deeper answer would be, I'm a student on a lifelong quest of Indian classical music. But the very basic answer would be, I am someone that wants to spread happiness. My modus operandi is music. So that is something that I always make sure that I want to have fun. I want to make it a pleasurable experience every single time I face the honor. Amazing. Um, so the next question um, that, wanna, that I, that I want to ask you is from Lakshmi Ganesh um, through our Zoom chat. And um, she's asking, as a musician, how do you tackle capability versus intent? Um, in students, uh, we see somewhat of a struggle, especially PhD students. It's a long kind of difficult process. So getting your thoughts on this would be great. See, I think they are directly proportional to each other. So if you have intent and intent strong enough, it doesn't matter how how much you stumble, your capability is always going to go up. And I made a simple rule. As long as the number of attempts is more than the number of failures, you'll always succeed. And the yeah. intent gives you that. So yeah. capability is always going to be a sliding scale trying to get to where you intend to. Fabulous. Um, we have another question from a student here um, that we collected ahead of time. And the student is asking, um, you know, when you sing, it's a very difficult thing. It, it engages your core to a certain extent. Do you think you can get a six pack by singing a lot or singing well? <laughs> That's a very creative question. I'm sure whoever asked this question has a very artistic mind, a very creative mind. Uh, 
I probably must not be seen hard enough because I don't have one yet. <laughs> Maybe two packs somewhere hiding <laughs> beneath. Uh, it is engaging, but uh, to make any activity scalable, you want to make sure that it is efficient. With what yeah. efficient? It means you have to put in least amount of work to. Uh, for your longevity i do not have a six pack uh, i desire it uh, uh, i will sing a little harder to give okay. me that six pack thank you for well, that darn i was hoping to get one after i start learning from you <laughs> <laughs> um so maybe uh, if i'm singing uh, with every sit up i do an alap then that would engage my core even better Yeah, definitely. Um so we have our next question from Himanshu Bahirat and he is asking, can you please say something about the role of a guru and um finding the right shiksha for transferring knowledge to carry a legacy forward? You know, I had a, a conversation very recently with Ustad Zakir Hussain. And in that conversation he said something really fabulous. like he always does he said the guru should be inspired by the student to teach and that was a completely opposite from yeah, what we wow. have always seen um what is the role of the guru the role of the guru you know sometimes it's a different relationship for different people uh, of what i'm about to explain sometimes you have this 4am friend you know mm-hmm. no matter what what crisis you are in whatever that friend is always going to be available for you or yeah. sometimes uh, you have uh, sometimes it's your dad sometimes it's your mom you know it doesn't matter how much you mess uh, mess around they always got your back yeah. or there is sometimes this person who is so sagacious that you you know that person knows everything no matter what question i ask him or her they are always going to have an answer or even sometimes this god when you have so much faith in that i'm going to keep on praying and i know i will be blessed one day so a guru is someone that is ro- all of these rolled into one that is what guru is to me and uh, the the relationship between the guru and the shishya is i wish there were more gurukuls around it's just a beautiful relationship it is the the common theme is the interest in this case it's music and the care for the guru like i said is everyone is a mortal yeah but what you love you want to make immortal mm. and if that is music you always try to look for channels you can create beyond you to take it to immortality that is the crux of gurukul the guru wants to make sure that he passes on his knowledge to these worthy disciples and it's a weaving process uh, and these disciples will then because they have something invaluable that they have received with so much love care and sometimes disciplining from their teachers they want to make sure that they pass it on to the next generation it is like yeah. you know when we have these uh, f- digital formats for there were vhs tapes then we started doing vcds then came dvds now you have blu ray and then you have 
1080p hd and then it's 2k and then it's 4k and then even with the sound you have the surround sound you have immersive sound and all of these things so what we are doing is we are actually taking the information and we are making that it is upward compatible so to me yeah. this gurukul system is we want to make it upward compatible as the years progress that is how i can best express it amazing yeah and the in the gurukul system is you know is amazing and what a great kind of tradition that we have um in the arts Beautiful. and i'm sure it leads to such an immersive experience you know yeah um, that is what makes it best experience. many times you know the subject when the subject becomes life is when you get the best learning and in a gurukul yeah. system the life is the subject and when i yeah. was with my guruji 4 am we would be doing music even over lunch we will be talking about music even while we are taking naps there will be conversations about music when you are traveling it will be about music so it just becomes it consumes you it tells you how vast of a subject it is beyond the mere little melody that meets your ears yes absolutely and that's something that's great at you know a university as well you really can stay there um you can live with your peers you really get that kind of experience and it's fabulous yeah. so i want to just ask you one um last audience question before um we kind of wrap up our session today so rajeshree is asking why are hand gestures so extensively used while singing especially in classical singing um does it, it make any difference when you try to sing without moving your hands or your body <laughs> uh you can uh if that was a a guideline or if that was something you were made to do but you know the the first instrument the way it is described in bharatanatya shastra which is the first written scripture on in classical music is they call the first instrument to be the gatra veena gatra mm. is skin so translating it the body is the instrument yeah the core uh, expression happens through your voice because it has a sound the instrument does not have a sound. but the whole instrument is engaged in expressing that music that is produced through your voice now why more in classical music is as i said before it is an impulse art so uh, for some people that might not know this you only start with a minute or a minute and a half of fixed composition and using the guideline of the rag you actually end up composing and discovering spaces every single time so it is a journey that you take on with every single time now because the it's a first journey every single time and because you're composing and you are singing and you are being spontaneous and when you're doing this in front of people you are engaging them it is such a it is such an evolved activity that maybe mere voice cannot engage and hence you have to put everything you have so that's what ends up happening yeah you know one quick thing i'll say is um there is scientific literature out there to say that we have correspondences between a lot of our different sensory modalities and one of the ones that is there yeah. is that oftentimes you know higher pitch is associated to higher elevation Um, and correct me mm -hmm. if I'm wrong, but that's that's kind of what I noticed is the hands kind of go up and down. That's correct. Um, in in that yes. way, 
Yeah. I'll share so, a funny story on this. Yeah. I I actually was was singing in for the first time in UC Santa Barbara where I was doing my masters in multimedia engineering. And after the concert there was someone uh non-indian person that came to me and then say oh what wonderful music and I also loved your choreography. Yeah. <laughs> <And laughs> I had a good love i didn't know what is it thank you i'm glad you enjoyed yeah. my choreography just as much as my music <laughs> yeah um so i'm sorry we have one last question that i'm seeing is um a very nice one my team is especially pointing it out to me mm-hmm. so you know um swati asked to everyone and to you especially few people who get up late in the morning if they listen um they listen to morning ragas like todi bhairav lalat at at a time of the day when they feel sleepy is it a, an impact of a komal rishab or komal gandhar and a composition of the raga um that has an impact on people in a certain way um and you know the other question i'll just kind of uh tag this on here that we have gotten a lot consistently is um can maheshwar sir please sing a little bit <laughs> you want me to sing todi <laughs> that they intended it was tag along no, no 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 that's I would uh, if it was no. <laughs> an interview at night <laughs> so let's answer the first question question um you know i i wish there was more scientific research i would be happy if there is any collaborators in the audience right now uh there is clinical research that has uh, some of the effect that is validated and there is some illness uh, therapy kind of a thing that then it has the music has been devised into it is quite likely the 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 komal notes or the flat notes as we know that they always make a somber uh, or a peaceful kind of a uh ambiance and then that is uh, very conducive for a slumber party so i can understand why you would feel a little sleepy todi bhairav lalat can make you sleepy but it also depends on uh, one the personality types mm-hmm. to the activity that they are doing before at the time uh, of the uh music and where they are in their life so it's a little bit of a uh, a concoction of different forces that are uh, at at play here uh, but i think it will be it will be very useful to identify kind of you know take each piece out of it and identify what this particular note does uh, on its own and then how does this particular note behave in a certain association of certain swar which we call ragas so it's a fascinating study at the outset yes but i think there is more scientific that data that we need to validate it yeah fabulous um and then you know coming to the the second question i asked you perhaps instead of leaving it open ended one idea that my team had here is perhaps you can just demonstrate something that comes to your mind when i say humility 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 i'm going to fire my tanpura for this which is which sits on my iphone uh 
I don't know what. So humility is when you said humility because we are all suffering from pandemic all throughout yeah. the world. Uh, it's trying to pray for everyone instead of trying to just look out for your own. That is what I think. And there is this song uh, that was composed by my Guruji Pandit Jitendra Bishaki for a Marathi play, which. has the spirit of that sarvatmaka sarveshwara jeje jagi jagate taya madhe mana karuna kara sarvatmaka sarveshwara let everyone find happiness whoever is living in this world please call them yours own and bless all of us living on this earth so i'll just hum this little thing uh गंगाधरा शिव जगते जगते माझे करुणा करा करुणा करा सर्वात्मका Wow, fabulous. And I think that's the perfect note to conclude this conversation of, on. Um, and for the closing remarks, I would like to pass it off to Sridhar again. Wow. So I'm... totally spellbound and there really is not much to say in terms of closing remarks no i just wish we could continue uh, for more time so uh, nevertheless since it is my sort of official uh, role i think uh, the first person i want to really uh, thank here is radhika you know for conceptualizing this podcast series and uh, you know executing it uh, so brilliantly and uh, i'm told that uh, this conceptualization happened in a classroom so the thanks uh, kind of uh, spreads to the students also and for finding such a you know illustrious person for uh, you know having the conversation with and then of course i do want to thank our guest you know i really don't have words to thank you i mean there are a lot of uh, insightful uh, points that you have made which i have actually noted down like let me just say two of them which really caught my attention one of them is like you know indulging versus leveraging of technology i mean that's a phrase that i am going to continue using now and uh, the other one is that you know even when we are in solitude we are collaborating with ourselves and trying to figure out who is this me i mean that really blew me away and uh, the final song of uh, gratitude and uh, humility and uh, you know uh, Uh, seeking for blessings that was really the you know, cherry on top so thank you very much for being with us 
and uh, we do hope to engage with you a little more deeper at some other time maybe radhika will do a more you know in depth series later <laughs> yeah Certainly. so thanks a lot very much and if you do come to you know mumbai sometime i i see that you are from pune but i'm sure you must be traveling sometime we would love to host you for a while and continue to have you know conversations late into the night certain i'll take you up on that offer thank you very much yeah all right well thank you so much mahesh again and um thank you everyone so with that i just kind of want to wrap up and um you know have a great rest of your afternoon and radhika thank you for doing this yeah my pleasure i yeah of course not a problem at all and um you know to everyone and to you i wish i could keep asking you questions and i'm sure everyone thinks the same unfortunately we weren't able to take all the audience questions that we got so um i apologize on everyone's behalf but please please feel free to submit those questions earlier as well and i'm sure the, we you know these natural those. collisions are not happening as much as they would earlier so this uh, collaboration talking about collaboration this interdisciplinary talks of being inspired by and inspiring by sharing your thoughts is very valuable in today's world yeah. of uh, pace and chaos okay thank you very much and uh, have a pleasant rest of the night thank you thank you thank you, okay. thank you. bye everyone bye 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 ಭ್ರಮಿತ ಭ್ರಮರ ಕರಿ ಗುಂಜನ ಹಲಗೆ ಅಧೀರ ಮನಮ ಸಣು ಸರಿತ ಜಲಕರಿ